you never heard of. Hey everybody, welcome to the Common Folk Podcast with Ben, Morgan, and Andy. What is up? It's deer season, right? It is. It's, it's the fall deer season, man. That's all I'm thinking about. You're this in uh, your camo, right? Yep, yep. Over there? Uh, camo shirt, a little bit of a deer hunting shirt that you guys helped with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hunters helping the hungry. Do you little. just get in like the season, like in the mode where like, you don't even think about it. You just put camo on, like when you wake up. <laughs> it's just part of like my seasonal wardrobe, right? Mm-hmm. Like he goes, probably has like camo comforter, <laughs> and he's yeah. like hiding under it all day. <laughs> like I'm not going out. It's pretty crazy how everything is camo now. If you want it, you know. I've liked camo yeah. before. It was like now. A, well, I was gonna say before it's a thing. It's always been a thing, but like. No, but it hit like mainstream like fashion, right? Yeah. Like where there's camo skirts and things like that. Yeah. But that. Isn't that like the old style, like I think of like Vietnam style, you know, <laughs> army grade camo. Isn't that kind of the, or was anyway. The throwback, like the, yeah. the old camo, yeah. yeah. And that's what kind of broke through as far yeah. as fashionable yeah. clothes. Well, yeah, Ben, uh, you showed up here at the shop with something new in your truck. Uh, yeah, we got a new dirt bike. Like we for, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh. for, for Joel, for, for the boy, or is it like yeah, a toy for you too? Oh, well, I'm going to ride it, but yeah, no, it's, it's more kid sized. Okay. Kid okay. size, like it's a 50 cc, 125, what are we talking 125, about? 125, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep, he graduated from the 50. Oh, jeez. That can, that Time can. to hit the 125. 125 can get you wherever you need to be. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a perfect, Yep. It's know, a little scary. It's a full on clutched bike. Can't be scared. Like Can't be <laughs> The, the little, little 50 <laughs> was scary to me. The little kid ones are like super easy. They're automatic mm-hmm. transmissions, basically, you know, no clutch, all that kind of thing. This one's, this is a big boy option. One down, five up? Yep. There we go. Yep. Is this a size that you had when you were little? Everything's changed. Oh, I had, okay. I mean, my my last competition bike was a 125, but it was, I I, I don't even know it was twice the size of this I bike. I thought so. I'm like, wait. So the engine was the yeah. same size, but it was two-stroke engines mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. Now they're four-strokes. The two-strokes were way more wrapped up. They were like, yeah. uh, they were just wound tight, yeah. you know, where the four-strokes aren't quite as much. Um, Me. Yeah, and I don't know. They might have these four-strokes, <laughs> They might have these four strokes like, detuned a little bit because they're all uh, fuel-injected now. Well, not all of them, but the Hondas are. Uh, and the two-strokes were all carbureted and yeah. – so that's what this and, is. It's a Honda. Yeah. You're talking about two-stroke, four-stroke. That mm. means nothing to yeah. me. Maybe pe- there's probably people yeah. listening to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean. It is part of the deal, like, where men got to flex. Like, let's talk about motors. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, you're talking Spanish over there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what was your first motorbike, though, that kind of got you started? My f- very first one when we moved out here was like a uh, – I want to say it was about a 70 cc, okay, somewhere in that range, 70 or 80. Um, mm-hmm. It was a Suzuki. No, it was a it was a Kawasaki, I think, uh, like 1970 model. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. So borrowed or used? No. When you yeah. Got yeah. It. Used. Okay. 100 percent used. I mean, I was born in. Well. Yeah. Duh. In I just thought I was 80s, thinking so. it was like a hand-me-down. Maybe from family. No, like no, it was just some junk bike that we okay. bought at yeah. a, you know, a, yep. a, uh, a dealer somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I I beat the piss out of that thing. Like oh, I, I, mean, I rode it hard. That's what it was for. Yeah. You jump like yeah. when you would jump it. Like people who know people who had these bikes, people our age would would know because mm-hmm. we all experienced the same thing. You'd go running, you know, whatever. You'd ride that thing hard. You hit jumps, and the seat would fly off. <laughs> what? Yeah, always did. Oh, yeah, because it just kind of clicked in there. Yeah, and and the fuel tank, all of that was metal at the time. Uh-huh. You know, it's all plastic. Oh, now. Yeah, yeah, I know. Would hop off of the mounts. Like if you hit a if you hit a jump hard. You'd lose your seat and your fuel tank would fall like down in between your legs. Mm-hmm. What? And then you'd have to stop and you have to put it all back together and then get going oh, yeah. again. Yeah. Could oh, you yeah. just not tape it on so it wouldn't pop off? Or was that the fun in it? I, I think it would have looked dumb. Like, okay. You know? Yeah. You want to be cool too. You do got to be cool. Yeah. And Did you have some dirt bikes? Oh, yeah. Okay. Big time. I, and I was even more uh, ghetto than <laughs> that. Um, my first dirt bike was a Kawasaki 90. About 70s, a model. I'm pretty mm-hmm, sure it was the 70s. Mm-hmm. But it was a Roadster, and it had chrome uh, fenders, the mm, whole nine yards, mm. and had that, that goofy elongated, you know, tank. Um, but it didn't fancy. matter. Yeah, just throw a knob, knobby tire on the back yeah, and call yeah, it get good. Going, yeah. It was good enough for me to go climb hills and try and keep up with the, yep. the guys around town, yep. you know. I remember my mom, the first, like, kind of, real like uh like dependable bike that i got my mom went and bought me one Mm -hmm. um i was i was with her of course we picked one out and it was a 100 cc and it would be it would be very comparable to this today 125 okay and you're probably about the same age 11 12 yeah Mm -hmm. size wise um and had the clutch and all the things and that's the one that i really learned on and that was a bike that didn't fall apart when you hit jumps so Well, this bike stayed together, and man, I put it through hell. Uh, we were we were terrible with that. I mean, it was a lot of fun, and you've been up to Lynch, so you know mm-hmm. it's it's in a what's called the Missouri Valley. So it's this track of land between the Niagara River and the Missouri River, two big rivers across Nebraska. So it's very hilly, uh, crazy different terrains. What's called cat steps is oh. prevalent there, and it's like one of the only places in the world where it's soil types like this. Where it'll make a erosion will make a on the hillside like a cat like a step, hmm. and then really? it'll erode to another step, and then it'll erode to another step. So it's like oh, so you were like busting down the yeah. So like oh, a hillside, okay. a lot of those hillsides will look like that, and it just has to do with this uh, type of soil uh, that's in that area. And yeah, you could really tear up your bike, tear yourself up. <laughs> that was like built-in jumps. Too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we found some pretty fun hills. The most infamous hill in that area, and if anybody around uh, Lynch or Boyd County is listening to this, it's called Widowmaker. Mm. And, I mean, there would be rallies. and I mean, just the name yeah. sounds like. Ooh. They would know. You'd have to, you'd hit this really, it was two, it was like two hills in one. So it started very vertical. So you had to get going, right? Yeah. And then you'd jump off that onto the next hill, and that was even more vertical. And so you then, better make it. And you better not let off. Like, you better crank yeah, that sucker yeah. the moment where you should be like scared and let off and all that type of stuff yeah, that's when you stop. Yeah. that's when you really got to hammer it yeah <laughs> wow all <laughs> these yeah yeah this yeah. bike is uh is the real deal so we'll be we'll have the tractor out we'll be building jumps we'll be doing all kinds of crazy stuff i mean can we at least let him go on a flat we'll and give know him. how to shift first we'll give him we're doing jumps let's give him one weekend then we'll take him up to Boyd County and give him Widowmaker. We'll head to the Widowmaker. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> I'm not going. 
If, Helmet required. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's real popular for moms to watch mm-hmm. <laughs> their boys on Widowmaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll probably stay home for that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just uh, sent me a picture and was like, hey, we got this yeah, today. You made it's it. like, oh, great. I mean, there was talks that you were looking for a bite mm-hmm. for maybe. But anyways, thought we'd throw that in there, the opener here. Nice. What are we talking about today, boys? Well, I would say... With what we're talking about today, this is definitely more of Andy's expertise. So I'm going to let Andy take the lead on this one. Yeah, so we're getting into the fall season uh, here, you know, in the Midwest and across the nation. And uh, in Nebraska and Iowa, uh, archery season has already begun for deer. And it's it always just the anticipation builds and builds for what's known as the Orange Army. And that's a nine mm-hmm. days in November yeah. rifle season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it'd be cool because Morgan, you're kind of getting in yeah. to deer hunting and we've uh, made some steps over the last year and a half. And I, I feel really good about you guys getting some opportunities. Yeah. You're seeing some you stuff, know. action on the camera. and Yep. Trail camera. And we've been, we built a mineral site last year and kept it well tended throughout these last you know year and a half. And yeah, we have a good idea of what's going through there. Yeah. And the most important thing is you have a lot of dough and that's really good. Mm-hmm. Because in November, when that, and this is so unfair, this is a big gripe that a lot of bow hunters have with the Nebraska Game of Parks and how they do it. Usually, like, during the rut, when the women go into cycle, you know, the doe go into cycle. Okay. The bucks just lose their freaking minds. They can't stand it. They don't act like wily old smart bucks mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. They, oh, they just become stupid. It's very stupid. It's like. They got one thing on their mind. Huh. It's, it's like Daytona Beach huh. spring break. You know, it's just, it's just like, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So deer and people yes. can act the same. Totally different. Oh, okay. Okay. Totally different. Right. <laughs> I don't know. You you watch some of those bucks and it is Daytona Beach spring They're break. just so worried about it, huh, Maiden? Oh my God. And so like they just they really, they just lose a lot of their natural defenses because okay. their nose is just up in the air. Yeah. You know, sniffing it, out, smelling the scent, yes. yep, and trailing. So it puts them at a big time disadvantage. And the uh, Game and Parks puts the rifle season right in the middle of that. That is when I need to get one. When yeah. one is stupid, exactly. And you, you, you'll get some opportunities. <laughs> I'm confident of that <laughs> with where we're at. Um, so the to give folks a little bit of like background and understanding with each one of us, I myself mm-hmm. have never gone deer hunting. It's never been a thing that I've done. I don't even own a deer rifle. Um, I, I own, I guess I own a rifle that you could probably shoot deer with, but it was hand-me-down from my grandfather that's right. never been shot, and it's a family heirloom. You know, right. like I would never, I wouldn't even take it out. So it's never a thing yep. that I've gotten into. So for myself personally, totally respect it. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Just for whatever reason, I've never really gotten into it. And especially growing up out here where it's like, Everybody's there's, doing it. There's people who would kill to come to this property and yeah. go shoot deer. Oh my but god, yes. It's just never been something I've in, I've been into. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then Morgan, um, last year, yeah, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, decided I want to get into this. I want to shoot a deer. So we we're like, all right, cool. So we go out. We get a deer rifle. Um, we start, uh, you know, scouting them out, yep. putting yep. the game cams out. We've got the feeder out there. We're trying to see what the activity's like. So that's kind of where her involvement has been. Mm-hmm. And then for you, Andy, I mean, this has been like a lifestyle for you. Yeah. Uh, I'll do, I'll tie in one more little motorbike <laughs> story and then I'll <laughs> okay. get into it. Okay. But if you would have grew up with us, Ben, 
uh, that the all of it would have came together as in one. And I can remember one summer day where me and my buddies were on our dirt bikes and we're just tearing up the hillsides, right? We're wrecking, having fun, having a blast. And then we see a coyote off in the distance, like, get back home and get your 22. <laughs> and one, one guy had a sling. So, I mean, we're just driving like bats out of hell, you know, with one guy with a 22 over his shoulder. Oh, my god! <laughs> and we're trying to catch back up to this guy. It's just so it it all kind of goes back to. For sure. You know yep. what I mean? Yep, going but. back to that. So you're, uh, <laughs> a couple of things here I wanted to touch on. Number one, I just realized I'm 40 years old mm-hmm. and you said bat out of hell. Yeah. I always thought it was bad out of hell. No. When did you figure this out? Just now. Like I just, I just now, right when you said that. No. I thought it was, I thought it was a bad. B A D. Yeah, like wow. bad, like you're bad. <laughs> <laughs> bad. Yeah. Bad. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so, I did know it was bad. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was a little before our time, but that was that that meatloaf album. Bad oh, out of I hell. Don't, I didn't know where it came and then from. Bad out of hell too. Yeah, I wasn't a big meatloaf yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. I, I love meatloaf to eat, but yeah. I didn't say yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I've never really heard you say that. So you probably never said the word. You've just heard it. I probably, always, if you did hear me say it, it probably just blended in. Right. It's like bad out of hell. Right. You know, like, bad out of hell. And a, yeah. lot, and a lot of those sayings do, you know, you just, you hear what you think you're supposed yeah. to hear. So you just let it slide. And it made sense to me. Like yeah. hell has bad things. So, huh. Well, yeah. now, now you know, the more you know. I learned. Uh, and number two... <laughs> I oh, you're me laugh. think a lot of people, um, or I'd imagine a lot of people listening, because I don't really have a full understanding of it either, although a fair understanding. You mentioned mm-hmm. the rut, so because that term gets used a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what is that all about? So that's when um, all mammals typically have a cycle of like, and it's all geared towards uh, their survival. You know, so the doe, the females, go into cycle. Um when they'll have their fawns in the springtime, best, you know, chance or luck to have those. For them to survive. To survive. Yeah. So it's all geared around that. Um, and that, so their breeding gets done in the fall. Uh, the gestation and all that stuff happens during the winter when they're all, you know, kind of piled up and getting fat and stuff like that. And then they drop their, you know, their babies in the springtime. And then they'll have the whole spring and summer in a more conducive, you know, not harsh winter conditions to try and make their, you know, fawns survive. Mm. Okay, kind of random. Is that the same, like, cycle for cow, like cattle? Typically, yeah. It is. Uh, okay. It, it yeah. just seems like yeah. you're saying that. Okay. Uh, and all all ranchers are different, and now we kind of skew it and try and get different breeding seasons yes. in. And there's calving barns now to protect them from the elements and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, if you're just – a throwback kind of rancher who just kicks their bulls out, you know, on May first or whatever. That's that's the whole. That's it. Idea. Okay. Yeah. okay. There's June, a lot of yeah, a lot June. of calves being born in early spring. Yeah, yeah. that's what made early me think spring. of it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Early spring, and then if you have those calving barns, the guys push the envelope, so they'll go ahead and get them dropping in February. That way, the calves are heavier when it's time to take them to market. Mm-hmm. You know, or mm-hmm. they get to them take them to market earlier. Right. But yep. yeah, it's the same same deal there. And typically the size of the animal kind of stays the same as far as gestation and you know, all that stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. Our babies were born in the summer and fall. <laughs> so Okay. All right. So that, that's when the rut happened. <laughs> we didn't fall. We didn't, the, the, we didn't the rut fall happened the soon. <laughs> so the, the, the rut like happened. It's more like winter time. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
the rut hey. was more winter time, I think. Right. I guess so for us. So rut is that. Okay. When you couldn't have got away from him. It yeah. Was cold I was like, outside. God, it's yeah. freaking cold. Get me out of here. <laughs> ben was like, using the elements to his advantage. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but so, I mean, do. maybe we've covered this, but I really don't know. Since you grew up out here and there's plenty of land, what didn't interest you about deer hunting? Because you do like to walk and do pheasant and dove and birds. Is it, I mean, I always thought it was because you don't love to be cold. And just sit. Probably, yeah, that's probably a big part of it. Like, I, I, I've i never been, like, a, a cold-weather dude. Okay. Yeah, sitting but out But I didn't there. know if there was something else, because I mean, your dad do, didn't really do it. No, dad didn't hunt. Um, we would, it definitely would, I mean, we've done cold-weather, I mean, go pheasant hunting and stuff like that. Not mm-hmm. here. We don't have pheasant here, but we'd go out, you know, in that. Yeah. Um, but that's more, I guess it's more active, you know? Yeah. You're walking around, you're doing that kind of thing. Um. I guess anything else that we'd hunt around here in the winter would have been, you know, maybe squirrel or rabbits or something like that. And there was a fair amount of sitting, but I don't know. It was just, I, I, I really don't know. Okay. I mean, deer, I just, it was never something that got me that excited. The majority of my buddies did it. Yeah. And I would, you know, go to their place when they shot one and right. see them butchering it and all those kinds of things. But and it, it was still all didn't cool. make you want to do but, it. Yeah. No, it Which, was just, it was an, that, yeah. that, uh, gave me my fill, I guess. You know, I was mm-hmm. just like, oh yeah, this is cool. You know, I just, I just didn't want my own. Yeah. yeah. And for you, Andy, your dad showed you, and that oh, was my, that. My like, dad was. That's all you knew. Yeah, my dad okay. was big into it. All my, you know, b- best buddies and classmates, and my uncles. You know, everybody was deer hunting. You know, and that's just those yeah. are just part of the the way it was. Okay. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for me growing up. Yeah. Right. And I think, I mean, honestly, I think it's great. I think it's a, it's a great pastime i think there's a lot of cool things that we'll get into about it um i'm excited i don't know why like it just seems like such a thrill to me it seems very interesting a couple years ago and yeah so we'll see how it goes oh it's it's a blast uh and you know i did some tree work down on you guys Mm -hmm. property about a week ago and uh have an idea of what i think we could do and I know we got to go and, check that out. And Ashley's on board too. She's like, "I'll I'll do the sit with Morgan." Sweet, uh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. She, she's yeah. all in. She's and you guys came over and we made some burger, you mm-hmm. know, venison yes, burger, yeah. you know. So, hey, it's getting to be about that time where our freezers are getting a little light. So, and I think let's this, harvest a couple more deer. I think that's a good um, prelude to the conversation about like how you get involved and um, you know figuring the, out the best way to go about it. So mm-hmm. for us. You know, this is mostly Morgan's thing, but we have a friend like you who knows. We have a couple of other buddies who know, mm-hmm. and we need direction. And, uh, you know, and how does this work and so on and so forth. All the way yeah. down to when the animal gets harvested. I mean, I've slaughtered farm animals, mm-hmm. but I've never slaughtered a, a deer. Right. And although similar, uh, definitely different. Oh, so, yeah. you know, having someone that knows how to do that. So figuring all that out. So it's kind of like the point is, is that there's... There is a little bit of that barrier to entry. Like you have to, you kind of need to have that mentor almost. Right. And it is becoming more and more, I don't, I guess I don't want to say easy, but there's a YouTube video now for everything. Sure. Well, you know what I mean? We watch a couple, you know, some yeah. shows. Yeah. What's it called? Good? No. That one. What, what one? I don't know. Man Eater? No. 
Meat Eater. <laughs> yeah, on Netflix. That's one of the only oh, yeah. hunting shows Why that Netflix will put up with. Yeah. Oh, really? And it is phenomenal. It is. Well, now, it's in, so and even good. that one, the show, I even enjoy it. Like, the show's, the show's it. phenomenal, but they don't get into the details of... Yeah, but you'll see them. Yeah, but if you're if you're slaughtering, here's here's or, you know, mm-hmm. here's what you do first. Here's, oh, okay. They got to kind of be careful and they dance do. around some of the they gory, yep. ugly stuff. Yep, and that's my point, is that you can't you can't pick these necessary skills and steps up from something sure. like that because okay. they won't show it i see yeah and it's also difficult i mean uh if you don't have somebody that's doing it that's a big influence on your life you know where where do you turn to so and there's been less than i think it's since like the 1980s there something happened i don't know what but there's been less and less and less uh hunting and fishing tags and licenses sold across the nation consensus now, COVID, for all the great things that come out of COVID, <laughs> actually saw a big-time reversal of that, especially with fishing license. Good. Uh, a lot of people, yeah. you know, looking for something to do, looking to get outside. Um, so you actually saw a reverse and a big spike. So hopefully that'll, that little spike um, in the numbers sold there will uh, continue because I think everyone that I've talked to that did get out and go fishing or hunting, tag along for a pheasant hunt, whatever, really enjoyed themselves. Okay. And now they're planning on doing it again. So right. it was like, I think I remember hearing it on, it might be in a different podcast or something, but uh, was it after World War II when all the guys came back that it was like hunting went through the roof? Mm-hmm. Like that got big time. I think it was World War II. It might have been. So here's here's a date. I want to, because you provide a perfect segue there. Nebraska's modern deer season, what we have right now, started in 1945. Okay, there you go. And there was a harvest of 275 mule deer and two white-tailed deer. So uh, it's kind of reversal now. We have more white-tailed deer. There's there's like four or five subspecies of deer, but those are the two that Nebraska have, mule deer and white-tailed deer. Okay. Now the white-tailed deer, which is what you guys have on your ranch here, uh-huh. um, they're way more prevalent, way more populated than the mule deer. But it's kind of crazy to think about that this all began in 1945, and the harvest was only 275 mm-hmm. deer. Mm-hmm. And let me fast forward to the latest deer harvest information in Nebraska. This was a total of 129,000 deer were Dang. harvested. And uh, let's see, a quote of, they had a goal of selling 30,650 tags. They sold 24,808. And, you know, you can two doe, one buck type of tag. Mm-hmm. So that's where you get the mm-hmm. bigger number. And that's just right in line with um, managing a healthy deer herd. So to, to that point, two things that come to mind. Number one, you talk about 1945. So that was exactly in line with World War II. Yep. And that's the story when the guys came back. Mm-hmm. Um, they were ready to provide for their family and whatever the case may be. And hunting's really started taking off. Yeah. So there was that. There's a lot of things that go into that. The camaraderie that, you know, they had when they were overseas, you mm-hmm. know, um, they longed for that. They wanted to get out and be with their buddies or people they didn't see for a while. And it's a, it's a honestly, it's a great time to just shoot off your steam, you mm-hmm. know, let mm-hmm. off steam, yep. you know, just yep. collect your thoughts I don't know if there's anything better than a crisp morning in November when you're by yourself in a tree watching the sunrise. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you want to talk about clearing your head yeah, and being one with nature or whatever, yeah. but you really are. You, you get almost sent to a different place. 
you really do. And uh, once you once you kind of get to enjoy that or experience that, I mean, you're you're sold. You're okay. When can I go again? Mm-hmm. So, so my my second point is what you mentioned about those numbers. Mm-hmm. So you have you have a, a a lot of folks who feel like you know these hunters and these 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 gamesmen. They're out just decimating yeah. the populations and yeah. so on and so forth. But you look at that number and you say in, in, in 1945, there was a couple hundred deer killed. And now today there's a almost a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't happen if the population isn't growing. Mm-hmm. And the way the population grows is through all this conservation and the money that gets put into the system. And that all comes from the hunting population. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. And that all started about 40 years prior, um, and it was all Teddy Roosevelt. And when he got elected president, one of the first things he did in 1901 uh, was enforce the US, USFS, the United States Forest Service. Um, and he made 150 national forests, 51 federal bird reserves. Because what was happening when, when we started to develop the West, every animal that could serve any kind of a purpose, I'm talking about the fur on a beaver, um, the pelt on a bison pretty much all got wiped out or hunted to almost brink extinction. Some of them did go to extinction. Mm-hmm. And Teddy lived that lifestyle. He, like, moved out. It was, you know, well-documented. He's a sportsman. He lived in North Dakota and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he saw it firsthand what was happening. Um, and it's you kind of feel sick when you see some of those pictures and hear those stories about the buffalo being pretty much wiped out. Yeah. yeah. And now the thing with Nebraska— and its deer population in those numbers, uh, back in that time, there weren't very many deer in the state of Nebraska in 1901. It was all prairie and that's in rolling hills. So that's why you had – that's a type of deer that mule deer are. Um, but what did thrive across the state of Nebraska were bison and antelope, migrating antelope going north and south each season. Um, but when we kind of moved west people, uh, we started planting trees. We, uh, we stopped these big rolling lightning forest fires, uh, not forest fires, but prairie fires mm-hmm. that would just wipe out the trees that were trying to grow. And the trees, especially along rivers, lakes, creek bottoms, whatever, provide perfect habitat for deer. So deer have just been experiencing explosion of population in the state of Nebraska basically since Teddy Roosevelt started putting some of those provisions in place because of that which is sweet i mean i didn't know any of that so yeah and you'd think oh there must have been way more deer back in the day no no there was barely any deer in the state Mm -hmm. of nebraska Mm -hmm. huh so that's also a testament to the game and parks learning as they go you know right how to manage a population that really wasn't here that much you know super interesting yeah yeah, so those uh, that habitat, like you said, building up that habitat, and then a lot of things come from that, you know, mm-hmm. good and bad, obviously, but uh, other species as well. I think we're talking about deer today, but um, I think that's probably a big part, based on what you're saying there, of the uh, turkey population. Growth. Oh yeah, turkeys had to be turkeys were reintroduced to Nebraska, and it's one of the great success stories for the state because they were basically extinct to Nebraska. Uh, they trapped, I forget the story, like fifty nine turkeys eastern turkeys and they released them on select spots and they just took Mm -hmm. off you also had a lot of efforts between individuals not really documented that were also trying to uh, help the population yes yes and that's a that was a great point there ben where there's this 
sediment out there that hunters hate animals and they just want to shoot and kill them all, where it's the exact opposite. Like, they're the ones actually taking care of the ground, taking care of these animals. Uh, I mean, in crazy ways, we're, we're using our own money to buy birds at a premium to just release them, knowing that the survival rate's less than 10% mm-hmm. through the winter. Mm-hmm. You know, but just in case, those couple, yeah. if you can get, you know, whatever, 10% of a hundred, mm-hmm. that means that you have two more birds than you had the year before, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's a painstaking process. I'm, I mean, if on our chasing the dream, my outdoor mm-hmm. show that we do, uh, we've shown it a few times and we've sent out tweets and stuff where we, uh, reload what's known as a surrogator. And that takes day old pheasant chicks that we buy from a farm. And it acts as a surrogate mother for five weeks, and then we release them onto our, you know, ground, onto our pasture ground in hopes that, you know, like two or three can make it. Really? And then grow the population. And I'll tell you what, it works. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't feel comfortable bringing five guys in, you know, from Georgia saying, all right, let's shoot up the place and we're all going to limit out. That's not what would happen. But I now see pheasants. On our trail cameras, I can hear pheasants in the morning when I'm doing my, you know, sits. And that, w- growing up, we I never saw a pheasant hmm. on our ranch, and now I do. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's a perfect uh, story um, to kind of paint the picture of here's what the hunting population does. You mm-hmm. know, here's, here's where the conservation comes in. Here's where the effort comes in. There's no doubt it's like anything else. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that there's a bunch of idiots out there. Oh, yeah. Doing dumb stuff, taking advantage, yep. making a bad name for everybody else. You know, the the, mm-hmm. the the bad apple spoils the bunch kind of thing, right? Yep. But it's um, and 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 that happens. We all acknowledge that. But it's not that. Honestly, the the people that I've interacted with, that is not the majority by any means. No, not at all. And it's really a two way street. Like so, when I was growing up, <clears throat> every year during deer season, we'd see this influx of plates from California plates. From, oh, just driving over? Yeah, buying because our tags are they're more accessible than most states for deer hunting. Okay. And so in November, we'd always see a bunch of out-of-state plates mm-hmm. driving slow along our gravel roads. You know, they cut through our pastures, and it's like, God dang it! You know, mm-hmm. you know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're wearing. You can see them wearing their blaze orange. <laughs> you know, um, but. So you always want to like, oh, it's those out-of-towners ruining it for us, you know, hunting from the road, that type of stuff. But I also think you have, and it's probably more so, your locals kind of ruin it for them, doing the same stuff mm-hmm. and blaming it on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the local guys, they can probably get away with it a little bit easier. You know, there's no question as to why they're there. They know if someone's on vacation, <laughs> you know, or, yeah. oh, so-and-so's cabin, so I probably can get away with it running over there for a while. You know what I mean? Things of that nature. It's a funny thing, the the whole hunting thing in the territory, because, like, naturally you're, you know, you're defensive. You're like, yeah. oh, man, these guys, you know, they don't know this area, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. You kind of get defensive. But there's a good chance that if you catch those guys at the local bar that evening, mm-hmm. probably a bunch of pretty good dudes. Of and they, they probably are. want to talk to you and mm-hmm. figure out where the spots are and pay respect to where you are so they don't step on your toes and, you know, those kinds of things. Well, and uh, what's really developed over the last few years, um, and it's, it's the next generation of hunters, and I'm, I'm on board with it. And Garrett, you know, our co-host, and he's been out here. He did a land mm-hmm. survey for you guys, uh, figuring out where optimal place to put the, the mm-hmm. stand and this and that. But they all have multiple trail cameras and mineral sites set up, and they all share these pictures with each other. 
so they can pattern out these bucks so they know when the neighbors, when he's over on the neighbors, when he's over there. And it used to be when those first came out, oh, if you saw a buck, you wouldn't share it. Kind of like you don't share yeah. your fishing yeah. hole. You know yes. what I mean? But uh, it, hunting's evolved to the point where, look, when the rut's on, all bets are out the window because they're running all over the hillsides. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to kind of, if if everyone can get on the same page, you know where these bucks are, what's going on, who has five-year-olds, who has six-year-olds. And everyone's kind of trying to, in the same corner, trying to protect them, trying to have a healthy herd. That's the main goal here. And Garrett and his buddies, you know, they, I'll never forget it. They had a, a monster, monster buck, one of the biggest bucks he'd seen up to that point on our ranch. And so he was gearing, he was gearing up for this guy, you know, just <laughs> massive antlers. And everybody knew about it, you know, that was up there and had trail cameras. And so they kind of figured, okay, here's this five-mile radius. We know he's here. We know he's there. He'll go back and forth. And then a guy out of a town in central Nebraska. Stop. Got him. Yeah, (gasps) started posting pictures on all the bragging boards, you know, Mm -hmm. like, look at this guy. (laughs) And they were able to pinpoint probably where he shot him about within an hour of when he would have shot him, you know. And And it wasn't legal? It was pretty good. It was I don't want to say that, but it was pretty sketchy, Hmm. you know. I mean, but but you couldn't do that unless you and all your neighbors are on the same page, yeah. And you kind of have it all patterned out, and you know, you know your regular bucks, your shooter bucks, your young bucks, all that stuff. So I mean, that's that's like next level conservation, where Mm -hmm. everybody in this community is on the same page, trying to develop the healthiest herd possible, and that's by protecting the young bucks, taking X amount of does. That's another thing that gets lost. You know, having too many does in a population is unhealthy. Sure. They'll stop breeding. Yeah. They'll stop letting the bucks do their business. Yeah. You know? And that's terrible, right, Ben? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> All this talk, though, makes me think of, I had a conversation with one of my friends who's interested um, mm-hmm. in hunting, too, and getting a deer rifle. And she had said something about, you know, if I get one, I want to do it you know, like the right way, or I want it to be where I got the tag. Yeah. You know, that's crazy, you know, for that guy, if, if it wasn't right. And then mm-hmm. to post about it, if I get my first deer or a deer, yeah, I want to be able to say, oh, I got it. I don't know. Maybe you don't. I don't, I don't know. Do you say where you shoot it or oh, does it matter? You know, a lot of those guys, they have their story already panned out. So oh. like they're, you know, oh. he's not saying, oh, I went and road hunted this guy. <laughs> okay. no, no, he's got his story. And See, it's I like, guess I just. <laughs> that's another part where it's like, oh, that story doesn't quite paint out <laughs> from what we have on I got film. you. Okay. You See, know? to me, I just want to have like the truthful, real story. Not that I'm, now, I don't know. Now, to your point, I mean, and this just makes you sick to your stomach, but I can remember because, uh, you know, my dad, great guy, he's always driving around, doing his thing. He, he has a routine where he takes the dog out running, you okay. know, and turning on and turn off cattle waters. But, man, he's really looking, surveying. So he always has a really good idea of, you know, what deer are out there. And he knew that those this one more buck, there's one more buck. He's a big one. He's a big one. And so we're driving around like last day, last weekend of deer season, trying to find him where he probably had a good idea where he was at. And we come up on this big old carcass just a full-bodied deer. He goes, that looks like him. And he just had a notch cut out of his head. So someone just cut off his antlers and then mm. left left him <gasps> dead there. Just took the antlers. Yep, just took, like, and to your point, like, what's the point? Like, yeah. how fun is that? They didn't even that? take any of the meat? No. Nothing. Just, and not even the cape, 
you know, so nothing. they could do it, nothing. Just just cut a, a little V out of his forehead to get the antlers, and they were gone. So someone trespassed on our ground, shot a big buck. That you guys wanted. That, He'd been of course spotting. we wanted him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we'd passed on him, you know, three, four years prior to that. So some poacher could just come onto our property, you know. So, again, this goes back to then why people kind of want to be tight-lipped about where they're hunting. And, mm-hmm. like you said, their fishing hole. But this new age... You know, sharing, it, it you guard- really kind of have to trust who you're sharing it with then. Well, no, because it's a, it's a, it turns into a community that's kind of keeping tabs on each other. Oh, You know, okay. like it's, yeah. it kind of reminds me of the blockchain if we want to get into Bitcoin. Like everybody's got to be honest because if you're not, you get called mm-hmm. out right away. It I gotcha. The system doesn't work. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing when you were saying that it's almost like the more people that you get involved and in, in the circle, mm-hmm. the more protected and on the up and up it's going to be yeah that's true and i guess i was thinking that yeah the other way but okay but that 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 was the way yeah you know it was like don't don't share that now it's a kind of a new age way of doing it but i i i'm all on board with it i think there we go <laughs> <laughs> open the second claw <laughs> yeah um, i think yeah no 100 percent. so if it, one of the things we've kind of touched on a little bit is the process so for a for a newbie, um, what does that process look like? Like, how do you, how do you get into this? What are what are all these steps and and all the things that you need to expect? And Morgan's gone through a little bit of the initial things, and mm-hmm. then I think Andy, you can kind of fill in. But what's it been like well, from the beginning? So from the point where all right, you decide I'm going to hunt. I've got to get the tools, um, which you still got a number of them to get. We go out, we buy a gun. Mm-hmm. How does that process work? Um, practice, that practice, in. practice. Right, so we'll get, in. we'll get into that. So uh-huh. then, yeah. and and then, you know, you got to get your tag and those kinds of things. So we're getting stuff ready. You still have you still have a bunch of other things you need to buy to get ready for it. And then the actual yeah, like, hunt and the stuff that you've been doing, Andy, also on the on the back end. So f- mm-hmm. to start with, what's what's the beginning? Like, what, what have you done so far, I guess, Morgan? Well... You got me the gun last year. We just decided that we were going to wait and see, right, for mm-hmm. these deer to get a little bit bigger mm-hmm. on the cam. And it got a little bit crazy um, work-wise. So, so from a gun standpoint. So you would need to borrow one if you're not going to go buy one, right? Doesn't Sure. Do you yeah. borrow folks, somebody? Could you borrow somebody's folks, gun? Oh, of course. And okay. a lot of folks, you know, do that, especially if it's year one, right? And they're like, I don't know if I'm going to get into this or not. I don't want to f- spend the money. Right, I don't right. Know. You don't want to buy an $800 rifle and then go out and be like, all right, this isn't this isn't my bag. Yep. So a lot of hunters, they'll be like, all right, you know, you know, use this one, use that one. and But it starts with the interest, like what yeah. you have. Okay, so that's step one. And, and you have that. Ben followed through, got you a, a rifle, yep. a really nice deer rifle. It's probably one of the hottest uh, calibers out there right now. And, and so it's that's something nice. to touch on as well for people who aren't into this and are thinking about it. The The industry has made it pretty dang affordable. They have. So yeah. the, um, the, the, the rifle that we purchased, the, the Ruger American 6.5 Creedmoor, the Creedmoor is, a like you said, a hot round mm-hmm. um, as far as popularity, mm-hmm. but it makes sense for a lot of different reasons. We don't even get into the details, but it's easy shooting. It doesn't kick hard. It's accurate. Yep. It's got a lot of hit. Very accurate. Uh, so a cool round. Um, but the point is, is that the the rifle that Ruger makes is like an all-in-one package, anywhere from probably 600 to 800 bucks at the time. Mm-hmm. 
um, as far as guns go, a yeah. pretty dang affordable gun yep. that is very uh, a very useful tool. Right, right. And and to your point, and I've kind of done this for a while now. I'll, I'll go buy a used deer rifle. Like that doesn't bother me because uh, uh, it's kind of twofold. I I view them as like family heirlooms. Yeah, like we kind of already have plans for yeah. a couple of our deer rifles. Right, you know that are special to us mm-hmm. and hand them down to our children, things of that nature. If they get into it and they want them, um, but it's also a tool. You know what I mean? It's just it's a part of the process. You, you know, and so you also got to kind of view it like that. Um, but. With that in mind, you could get a really nice, like, traditional .30-06 or .243. We're talking calibers now, but for around 400 bucks or less, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so it's not the—it's still not chump change. I get it. But if you're going to make the commitment to do something like this, that's not that big of a—shouldn't be that big of a, a cost or a prohibitor to right. get into and, it. And guns—I mean, most people listening to this— We'll feel the same way, but it it is an investment. I mean, those mm-hmm. things are going to last forever, more than a lifetime. And like you said, yep. it's a it's a family heirloom, and mm-hmm. and if you want to get rid of it, you're going to be able to sell it for oh, what you yeah. bought it for. Like it's not that big of a deal. No, it's not. You know, so you got that. We go out, we get that. Um, get comfortable with it. We you finally guys, come around yeah. this year to where it needs yep. to be sighted in. It came yeah. with a vortex scope. It's a great setup. So yep. that was fun. We've got to go through that process. You helped in that process a lot, and so do your buddies. We mm-hmm. did it over Labor Day. Got that, that sighted is, in. It's just kind of fun in itself. You know, it's kind of like going out and shooting Blue Rock. It's a great way to kill yeah. an afternoon, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I didn't think it kicked that hard at all, Mm-mm. shockingly. Awesome. Um, so I don't know. Well, how far were the targets out? Was it 100 or 200? Well, we, we were sighting the gun in at 100. Um, and did I hit one at 200? We, I can't remember the next one. We did. You didn't. You didn't shoot the two. You shot the one hundred round tar. The one hundred round target. But we did hit. It did hit two hundred once we okay. sighted it in. But okay. Um, you know, it was, it was cool. It was a great process because yeah, we sat down there. Like I said, this isn't my thing. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I haven't. So done you this. learned too at the same yeah. time. Yeah. All of my buddies have done this a hundred times. Mm-hmm. So they sit down. They show us. Um, we've got a a, a bore cider. Yep. Put that on, kind of get the scope tight, um, and then start shooting and seeing where it's hitting yep. and start adjusting the scope. There you go. Figure out the um, the math behind the scope. What is How far does each click on the turn move it? Yep. It, it If you don't know, it sounds kind of scary and complicated, but it's not at all. No. You get into it and just, it's like. Just start doing it. Yeah. You, know, you, you figure safe, out the math. It's careful. easy. Yep. yep. You're doing that. We keep firing off rounds. We get it in a tight group. Um Morgan goes and shoots it. She's able to hit the bullseye. Uh, we take a 200 poke on a six-inch yep. gong, yep. smack that in the first round. The thing's on. So it's like, yep. all right, go time. And one other thing I would suggest, Morgan, and this was part of our process, um, would be to take a hunter safety course. You don't have to. Yes. Um, but yeah. there's so much um, additional information in there, like processing, cleaning, you know, uh, things of that nature. Um, that's that's also included in that class, and like you, you would pick it up secondhand watching Ashley and I, and I or whatever. But to get the you know the full experience and and the correct lingo, yes. <laughs> if you will, um, and there there's usually two or three classes in this area being offered. No, you, I you so know. agree because when yeah. I got my permits, I know mm-hmm. we're, we don't need to skip to that, but it said, "Do you did you take the course? Mm-hmm. Are you in a?" 
age between I think it was yeah, twelve and twenty nine, yeah. and I was like, "Well, I'm over twenty nine, so you don't technically don't have to." But I even said, "I've been twenty nine and a half <laughs> to your buddy. I I definitely want to do that. You know, I I." So in Nebraska, that's an interesting um, point. I don't know exactly what it is, but I knew if you were born after whatever year it was, mm-hmm. so it was. I think it was in the nineties. If yeah. you were born some somewhere in the nineties on, yeah, you're required to have. A, uh, a number, a hunter safety mm-hmm. that you passed and you get this number in order to get a license. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm on board with it, but I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, okay. I think it's a great idea for everyone to have that, but I also don't know Feel if, that you have to. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm just big on like the freedom thing. Like, should be able God. to if you want yeah. to or whatever. I mean, how many yeah. barriers do mm-hmm. we have to put up yep. to, I gotcha. for someone to go out and do and that, something? Like and that. really, I mean, you, you've been through the class, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple. It is. It's just a matter of putting the time yep. in. Yeah, the And time there's in. definitely benefit in it. Yeah. Um, I'm, on, I'm on board with it, and I think I'll people, I hear you. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yep. I'm just like, for it to be a requirement, though, for young yep. people, Yep. I'm like, good God. Like, yeah. One more thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, when we're just, we're, I don't want to use the word punishing. It sounds overbearing, but we're just putting up all these barriers for people younger than us, mm. whether it's renting a car, buying a home, getting a deer license. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I've had enough of it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm not even the young one anymore, you know? <laughs> oh, that's so. funny. Yeah, so there's that age range. But there are things, to your point, Ben, saying that earlier, I need to get for, like, attire. I'm not planning on trying to be all fashionista here, but I don't have You're stuff to go in the field, really. If if we're going to be in the deer blind, you are fine wearing your ski suit that's, you know, fluorescent pink with a white true. jacket. That's You'll be true. just fine. Yeah. yeah. If I'm in a blind. It, right. it is hilarious looking at hunting photos from like the 20s and 30s where these these guys are out there, you know, bow hunting um, with big old red flannels and, and you <laughs> yeah. know, Carhartt, you hey, know, Hey, can bright. you see me over here? Exactly. Okay. And so it's like, man, this, there's something to that, you know, camo industry. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to yeah. take away from those guys. Yeah, I'm, it helps. Um, but you can get it done with... W- you're the warm clothes you have right now. Yeah, when you get, yeah, no. I, to your point, I mean that's that's definitely an industry. So that's something that people need to understand is like mm-hmm. what you see on TV and what you see on social media and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, you don't have to be that in depth. Mm-mm. You know no, what I mean? Like there's a rifle. Yeah, no. there's a lot of extra stuff going on there. Just think about just marketing in general. Kind of getting off here, but uh, if you watch just 10 minutes of commercials, you're just, you know that, okay, I need a new Lexus, a Big Mac, and a large Coke to be happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, good marketing does that. It kind of twists your mind into or hijacking it into buying into it. Look at these people. They're happy as hell because yeah, they got a new Big Mac and a large Coke and a, and a Lexus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. and I should be drinking Michelob Ultra. Oh, yeah. Because Michelob- I mean, it's kind of sporty. It's yeah. Like- yeah, you know, you, you can still yeah. be fit. I know what helps me run a half mile is Michelob Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to your point. <laughs> but that's how good marketing is. Right. Like, I'm buying it. I'm like, all right, give me. I want to be a fit guy, so yeah. I'm, I'm drinking Michelob Ultra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the the point was that you don't need all that fancy camouflage and all that type of stuff. Um, and in some ways, it's kind of hurt the hunting industry, I feel like, because it does make you feel like, oh, my God, I need to buy it. $80 orange vest in order to go pheasant hunting. Right. So yeah. time you count your attire, your gun, 
your tags, you know, what, mm-hmm. a thousand in? No, it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to at be that. At all. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Nope. And, and the other thing is, to your point, which you were talking about in this industry, it kind of gets, the picture gets painted like, you're not going to be successful if you don't mm-hmm. have all of this stuff. Yeah. And so that's that's definitely a, uh, a rumor to dispel because that's not yes. the case. Just remember, Shields is just like McDonald's or Cabela's is just like, uh, you know, Burger King trying to sell burgers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to paint this picture that you need the latest and greatest stuff mm-hmm. in order to maximize your enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it's it's the people and the experience. And that don't let that get lost. Yeah. 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 So you got that. So you um, so you took it upon yourself to get out, go out and get your. Uh, permit and go through that process. So what was that like? Yeah. So, um, it's kind of tricky. Yeah. We, we spent some time on yeah, that. Yeah. I was chatting with Andy <laughs> and we were trying to figure out, I mean, of course, every, um, website's going to be different in Nebraska. I don't know. I mean, you really had to figure out your zone. Yeah. It's not like, mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, it was, it was just yep. a weird thing to figure out. Um, right. so we talked about that and then, uh, then we, then actually I went to the website and I was like, Oh gosh. Okay well, what season am I thinking of? So then I messaged your friend too. And anyways, found out it's like you said, November, what, 12th to the 20th or something like that. And then he Mm -hmm. was like, well, do you think you'll be doing it in January too? Do you just want to get that also? Whatever. So got the two. Oh, wow. All right. Checked out. And then I went to school pickup. Mm -hmm. One of my girlfriends was like, hey, did you get that stuff? Statewide book. <laughs> well, no, she was. I think she called it a stamp, and I was like, "Well, yeah, it said that at checkout. I mean, I could pick a stamp and then pick my license. Why would I? I don't want a stamp. Like, I don't need a memorabilia thing." She's like, "No, yeah. you have to have that." Yeah. Anyways, I ended up calling because I was the number that was on the website, and they mm-hmm. said, "Yeah, you have to have it every year." Because she couldn't remember if you have to have it every season, every is it once a year, whatever. So. What is this stamp thing that I bought? It's like for a donation, basically. Basically, and it um, the the Nebraska Game and Parks is completely ran with money that's made for or from selling these deer license and the habitat stamp. Okay, that's what that it you was. have to put yes. on it to make it official. Yeah, official, I mean, viable, it was like- or legal. Thirty-seven dollars. I mean, it yeah, was yeah. cheap. I mean, twenty-five. Well, I don't know. Whatever. Cheap. I mean, I remember when they were eleven dollars. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, we're not talking a hundred. I'm just saying no. for yep. reference. And maybe again in other states, it's something different. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I was able to log back into my web. You know, the website. Yep. Just buy the stamp. Buy the stamp. Yep. The guy was helpful. Yep. I mean, so it wasn't hard. But honestly, I mean, I talked to two, three people yeah. to figure this out. So you really do need to figure out. Well, what zone you're in, or and what, what was, do they call it? Yeah, and what was tricky with with uh, with getting your uh, license for me was figuring out which unit, like so, which unit, yes. basically like what county, you okay. know, because it, it's all zone, but yeah, county. that that's yeah. good for me. Okay, uh, and that terminology gets thrown around and changed all the time too. But y- yours, the where we're at right now, kind of a little track of land went north and then cut over yeah. to the river. So it's like south. <laughs> east or something we had to figure out and they actually had a map so it really i mean you could get it in the wrong area and you really could screw up you could not mean to deer and gosh that would be horrible i don't know what would happen but i mean it could be an honest mistake but but ignorance doesn't get you anywhere yeah exactly yeah so there was been to your point a few things that i needed to do and talk to a few people that knew to get this and i have it so 
were mm-hmm. good. But yeah, I thought it was an interesting um, course of events where you know you get that and you just think, man, I've got what I need. And I don't know if maybe it's not spelled out very well on the website or whatever the case may it be. It doesn't actually say that you need to get this stamp. I actually went back when I got it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe I could be wrong where it said first season or you know what I mean yeah, yeah. you need to put this in your cart I, that would have been helpful yeah. so it's it, I'm, it makes me curious how many like don't have that how many uh yeah don't have it yeah. and oh, and how many I figure that out it game and parks in. <laughs> yeah well yeah so there you go and so I many... kind of feel like it should be a setting on their website like I am a new user I'm getting a permit for the first time or if it's every year, someone's yeah. getting it. It should be like you cannot buy this until you buy this. But whatever. Yeah, you know that would be. It's helpful. a government website. Okay. And you know there's there's shortcomings there. Um, and I think in the fine print on that okay. permit, and it, it's I in there. Totally could have yeah. misread something, and I really am good at just kind of going fast. Well, and getting what so, you you think you need. Yeah. You know. But, yeah. But that's a great point. You really gotta. As far as where you're at, what you're buying, what else, you know, is there is there anything I need to buy to, to make this tag, you know, legal? And yes. that's, that's what's going on. And it's the same thing for the fishing license, right, Ben? Like you buy the fishing license, then you got to buy the aquatic stamp. Yeah. You know, and the, the stamp deal uh, got started as just another revenue source. Right. And, and it does a phenomenal job. It raises a lot of money, and it, it funds the Nebraska Game and Parks and, and does it so well that I believe there's all, almost a surplus, depending on how well the budget's managed, uh, for I the Game and Parks. I didn't know that because uh. on my profile, <laughs> I had gotten a fishing license for a day, <laughs> and I didn't get that stamp. Good thing Good we thing didn't you didn't catch anything. anything. <laughs> no, we literally oh, yeah. did not that day. Yeah. I did not know I needed a stamp for that Aquatic either. Stamp. So yep. anyways, it could totally have been something I just missed. But point is, there are things that you do need to do. Yep. Double check, triple Again, check. It is yep. so helpful to, to what, have mentors. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Well, that's what we were saying in the beginning. Like find somebody who's doing it and yeah. and it's going to be willing to share because there's a lot of people that are willing to share. Willing and, to especially share knowledge. And anybody you know. who's who's listening to this, we've said this before, like you you have questions, like shoot them over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll dig in. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out one way or another. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. You may not live in Nebraska, but hey, we can help you. The tough thing for out-of-staters with Nebraska is that there's just not much public ground. Mm-hmm. Like, And that's another thing with the marketing we're talking about. Our game and park spends a lot of money um, advertising, but it all goes to out-of-state advertising. Or a lot of it does. And I've been on the wrong side of that because I sell advertising, right? Um and they paint this picture of like, oh, wow, look at the success rate, mature bucks, blah, 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 all this stuff that you want to see and it makes you believe as a hunter, like, oh, I got to go to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Well, then you get here and the opportunities You're just like, aren't where there. where do I go? Yeah. You, you need to get the services of an outfitter and they can charge whatever they want because um, there's, you know, very little policing right now over that. Yeah. Um, but like with... States like Idaho, I mean, even Iowa, there's way more public ground to go to, you know, that's not overhunted, that you won't see a million people. I've heard stories during rifle season that are just scary because there's so many rifle hunters on a small track of public ground. See, that actually freaks me out when you it just should. said that. I thought, it should. oh my gosh, thank God we have private land 
You know, I mean, there could be that many people and you don't know who's in. And who, where they're at, yes, what's happening. And, I don't know. And who's being responsible, who's not sending a, a round. Like you know, Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah. yeah, and even for all that, and I mean, I guess maybe we, hear, we don't hear about all of it, but you definitely hear about accidents, but you don't hear about a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just flat out, like even it doesn't matter what kind of hunting you're doing, it's not quite as fun when there's – a ton of people out there because sure, it just kind of takes away from the whole thing. So yep. Yep. you definitely want to do a little bit of research. You want to figure out where mm-hmm. you're going to go. Yep. Um, you know, if it needs to be private land. I mean, when we were uh, kids, you know, with all the bird hunting that we did, do we just travel around and knock on doors? Oh, and yeah. a lot of times people would be like, yeah, sure, go check it out. You know I mean? I think it's gotten a little tighter nowadays. Sure. You would just knock are, on your neighbor's door and ask to go hunt their property it wouldn't even be our neighbors i mean we'd be a couple hours west and just yeah. you know going up to a farm and hey you know do you allow hunters to come out here really? and that's, and that's huh. 100 the better way to do it than yes. just go hunt their roadside oh, for ditches, sure you know? yeah you gotta get permission yeah um but i think that's kind of ballsy but, but often, a kid. oftentimes we would get people that they'd be mm-hmm. like yeah sure you know just be careful you know yeah. Here's where you can go, you know, yeah. watch that, out for the, the cows over here. and that's the, you know. that's the way it used to be. And that's yeah. the way it was, you know, even up in my neck of the woods for the longest time. But then it just got out of control. Like I was saying, we're, we're you know, attracting all these out-of-state, you know, people. Yeah. And, you know, they're just road hunting, you know. And when I say road hunting, I mean they're just driving along gravel roads really slowly with their binoculars on, just looking at our hillsides, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. then throwing the rifle over the hood and taking a few shots. Right. And isn't and that illegal? Very illegal. Unless you're handicapped, I've heard. And you have a handicap sticker. I suppose. I, they're made, they're made <laughs> yeah. I still don't know if you can shoot from the road. I think that's still And different a, states a do it different. Like I'm, yes. I'm pretty yes. sure. And it depends yep. on the game. Yep. Uh, I'm fairly mm. confident that Upland Game uh, pheasants in Iowa you can road hunt. I'm pretty like straight confident. up in a vehicle that's moving. The I think wheels. you have to you have to get out of the vehicle, but you can you can hunt the roads. I you hunt the roadside ditches, whatever all those kinds I, of yeah, things. Where, I don't know where here yeah. you can't in Nebraska you can't even have a vehicle involved. Okay, you not. I didn't think so. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah that's. Shady, yeah, shady, whatever. But, but either way, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's all these different rules, and the point yep. is, is that people need to. You got to. You got to do your research. You want to yep. get involved? Do your research. Do it right, and yeah. find somebody that can point you in the right direction. And if you really want to do it right, like what we're doing here, uh, we did a lot of prep work. Not only you know sighting in the rifle, getting the gear, and all that stuff, but this has been a year and a half, and we haven't even hunted yet. Mm-hmm. I know. And so we set up a, a mineral site, and that helps for the the deer herd health and all that stuff. But for me, more importantly, or maybe not more importantly, but we can put a trail camera on that and we'll get a picture of all the different deer that frequent that and we'll have a great idea and we can pattern it out too. And so we'll know like, okay, your guys' ranch has a one to three buck to doe ratio. Maybe we should think about taking a doe mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. And when do you stop feeding? Oh, I is that like a month before? I think it's a couple of weeks before. Okay, the, so you take it down. Before the rifle season, yeah, take it down and make sure it's empty, all that stuff. What do you say to people that say that's cheating? Because um, you're feeding. Well, I mean, I I look at a cornfield or an alfalfa field as then like really cheating. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. Uh, because yeah, like the the, it's the, just the, the game right there. the game feeder is like a taco truck and the um. 
and the cornfield is like a <laughs> like a buffet. Yeah, <laughs> like just yeah. a big old. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I mean, food. I've heard both, and so that's why I say there, since you're the I big think hunter. more of I think more of what you hear when people say cheating. There's a lot of states as well. Mm-hmm. Every every state has different rules where the feeder can stay out all year long and you can hunt over the feeder. Oh, that seems weird. Yeah, and that, and, and like they baiting. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of them that even go to the extreme of like what which is allowed, you know, it's people mm-hmm. playing the system where like the feeder it's it's an automatic feeder. Yeah. And the animals get trained on like at this time of day the feeder feeds me and at this time oh, of day it doesn't. Really? Where? And so then guys get that guys can like your hunt can be a half an hour because yeah. you know like if I show up in time you I'll, know I'll tell you what I went to a kind of a swanky place to hunt wild hogs in Oklahoma and that's how it was and yeah. those time feeders would go off and the hogs would all come running in like dude they good, knew it, so it, they were trained it was a good time yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. fun you know and, and that's you know I mean gosh there's so many conversations here but hogs are obviously a whole lot different than yeah that's what an invasive species with, with yeah. and this and that, and yeah. Like that. yeah but yeah, yeah. but literally I mean we lived in Texas for a while and the guys that hunted in Texas at least in the area that we were in hunted mm-hmm. over feeders the feeders were always there that's oh, what I they didn't did. know that I yeah. thought it was a thing that you had to take them down okay I, for me, the, the the picture that gets thrown out there and, and is kind of egregious is uh, bear hunters and how it's a big old sweet molasses, you know, barrel and these big old bears just kind of come lumbering in and they're just kind of like, and they're kind of cute, right? They're bears and they're mm-hmm. playing with this thing, this <laughs> feeder and then pow, <laughs> you know, I was like, well, what sport was that? <laughs> you know, you just went and sat there yeah. and baited a big old cuddly bear to come in, you know. So, like, I get it. I The optics aren't good with something like that. And the game in parks in Nebraska, anyhow, they're they're dead set against it. So that's why you got to take those feeders down. Okay. Can't hunt over feeders, all that type of stuff. But then it, for me, like, the line gets kind of goofy then because, like, okay, well, a farmer picks his corn and there's this big pile of corn here. That's cool, though. I mean, yeah, that's true. Trees. It's still I mean, laying there. I mean, that's like 500 acres of corn just sitting in a pile. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, all right. No, I mean, I uh, didn't think about it that way. I mean, I, I guess uh, they're doing their best. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to come off as like I'm just throwing a bunch of shade at the Nebraska game parks because they're understaffed, undermanned, and they got a really big state to try and cover everything here. And I feel like growing up here, um, like the management and the tools and the resources and all mm-hmm. the kind of things that they give has been pretty dang good. And I've dealt with it in a couple of other states. Yeah. Uh, and I think the the effort is there as well. Yeah. Like yeah. some things might not make sense, but there's always more, I don't want to say players involved, but there's more things involved than what just you, the hunter, are thinking of. Yeah, yeah. You absolutely. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and on top of it all, they're trying to manage a statewide deer herd to its optimal right, right. health. Yep. Okay. So like that's the main goal, not you getting a deer right. in September or whatever. Yes. Yep. You know. Right. So uh yeah, man, we've taken a while today. So it's it's a really interesting topic. So if if we go on to um gotten the permit, it's hunting time, we find the deer, we harvested, mm-hmm. everything came together. And then what, where are we at? What are okay, we so the most important thing, Morgan, uh, we're going to have a deer camp, okay? So like a sleepover or something. We'll, okay. we'll go to your guys' house because it's really nice. Uh, I'll just invite me and Ashley and the kids over. Yes. <laughs> and we got to buy the, the fattiest, healthiest, most sugariest uh, snacks available. I'm talking breakfast snacks, breakfast burritos, those Jimmy Dean things. Yes. 
Um, and Ben's then a good cook. Twizzlers, Twinkies, anything that we can fit in our coat pockets, our vest, our hunter orange vest, and that's what we snack on all day in the deer blind. Mm. Oh, so it's very I important. see. Okay, yes. but we have to have breakfast though so early prep. before we go uh, out. Well, um, so or it's going to be real. We usually early. have a really good time, you know, like with you know white claws or bush lights or whatever the night before, talking about what we're going to do. Okay, you know, got to go over the game plan. Right. Yes. Um, and that's when we start packing all of our snacks into the places. So this they is need all. To be. This is all coming together. So you hear people yep. talk about all the time deer camp. Oh yeah. So this is deer camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Set up the night before. Get all your crap together. Mm-hmm. Figure to, out the tell time. Tell all the stories. And that's why it really helps to have those Jimmy Dean microwavable <laughs> 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 breakfast sandwiches. Okay. Because if you get up a little you, late, yes. you can go just you throw one of those. You don't on cooking. Yeah, just throw one of those in the you're mic. You're going to need something easy. Might yeah, be a go. little hungover. Oh, you know, I you maybe. I don't know. We'll say, well, yeah. Liquid probably. IQ. <laughs> Or IV. Why did I say IQ? Call. I'm saying all the wrong things today. <laughs> so you get. So then it's go time. We're getting out. Yeah. We take one down mm-hmm. because we've we've done all of our pre work. We really have. I mean, this has been a process, right? Yeah. 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 I'm ready. So we take one down. We're gonna have to. Lucky for us, where the the area that we're we're we've scouted and that we're hunting isn't too deep into the woods, mm-hmm. and pulling an animal out of there wouldn't be isn't going to be too big of a deal. No. Other than crossing, maybe the creek cross. So like those shows, crappy, we don't need like backpacks and no. we don't need to stuff it gonna, all We're in not going to quarter it out down there <laughs> no. at the at We're going to throw it in the back of your side-by-side yeah. and drive it right back up here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then hang it mm-hmm. and start cutting it? Uh, we're going to dress field it uh, where it probably dies. Yes. And so, you know, that means getting rid of the guts and things like that. And we'll bring it up and then we'll hang it up. You know, and we'll let it hang for at least a week. You know, it's basically aging the meat. That's another thing that people don't understand. You got to let that thing age for a while. Mm. Uh, let the enzymes kind of break it down, tenderize that meat. Put some salt on it? Um, no, you don't need to do just that. Let no, it, no, no, no. So be, just no. the yep. flies? There's not too many flies in mid It's cold, yeah. Yeah, you're, oh, you're good to go. Yeah. Okay, okay. You're good to go. Okay. Um, but, yeah, and then uh, come back in a week or so, you know. And then we'll quarter it out. Um, Ashley will. It's her thing now. She she does all the field dressing and all the cleaning. Uh, it's unbelievable because she's the one that prepares the steaks, the deer steaks, and all this uh-huh. other stuff. So she has her way, and it's very precise. It takes a while. Uh, you kind of grind your teeth a little bit because, you know, me and my brothers and my dad, we were pretty sloppy with the knife, like, mm-hmm. just get it done, mm-hmm. you know. But, no, she's like a surgeon. And it's for the better, you know. Yeah. You guys, yeah. you guys saw our work with the the burger, right? Deer burger, um, and so like I just let her do her thing. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. don't get in the way. And I have a feeling uh, though, yeah, you're gonna want to do it too. Oh, I'll be involved. I mean, I'm sure she'll direct us. Yeah, she'll okay. be like, yeah, I could do this, do that, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. she's totally mm-hmm. fine with just yeah. doing the directing too. Yeah, like she doesn't have to be the big boss. Well, but, no, but yeah. I just, I mean, I don't. It's I feel fun. like because you've done pigs, you've done the pig, and. You've never done a deer. No. What never. other animal have you done? Turkey? Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, we've done so many okay, yeah. animals. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I've never done one, so I probably probably should learn. So, but, so that's yeah. just it, though, yeah. Um, and, and and she's a great teacher. She's a, she's a biology teacher. Yes. She has, so she's she's into it. Details. Um, yep, details. Um, and I think when we go to do the, the main quartering out and all that stuff, um, she'll probably have something, you know, like, 
the deer steak she cut out the tenderloins and we could just be kind of munching on that mm. while we're yep. doing the rest of it we'll have a grill and, fired up and yeah yep yep nice okay so, sounds like a good there time we go. I, I can't Ooh, wait now i'm, I'm ready excited. to go yeah i'm ready to go i need to practice some more shooting yeah yeah, we'll do. We'll could do some more shooting for sure. It's pretty cool. You got the additional tag, so you could get your big buck opening morning in November, and then come back around in January and take a doe. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, might as well do it at the same time. Ben, yeah. do you got a tag? Yeah. You, you guys have plenty of freaking doe. I don't have a tag, and might have to get one. Uh, we're gonna have to buy another freezer as it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So, uh, man, I think that think that about wraps that up it gives everybody a really cool picture of you know from an experienced hunter Mm -hmm. from a brand new hunter um how to get into it all the things you got to do understand that it doesn't have to be as scary as it seems you know it's yeah and it's it's not as overwhelming as it seems at first there and there's one more thing i want to throw out there and there's a cartoon movie i think the name of it was open season uh ozzy had it on netflix a while ago and the hunter was just this crazy guy shooting at animals nonstop throughout the whole movie. I'm like, that is not what we are. Mm-hmm. That is not a hunter. I can't believe that's what kids are being Disney told. Disney there. I don't even know if it's Disney. It I don't know what Disney. it was, but I yeah. I was just so infuriated with the opening scenes with that hunter that I couldn't even enjoy the rest of the movie. Even though I had a nice story, mm-hmm. the deer and the bear are best friends, and they then they fell apart, and then they're back together. <laughs> like, I couldn't even get into it because I was just so angry with how they portrayed this hunter as just a guy that's out there to shoot animals because that's what he loves to do is to shoot and kill animals. That's, nothing could be further from the truth than that. Didn't he have that, that old school hat that had like the flaps? Oh, my God, like, yes. Like yes. typical. Like, and the red flannel. Yes. And he was smoking and drinking and driving and he had an old truck that made a bunch of noise. Like, yes. give me a freaking break. Like, I obviously it kind of upset me. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's just not how, that's not what I know. That's not how I grew up. And I think, the majority of people out there, that is what they know or think of. You know, they don't, they don't know any better. I think it's really interesting because as a kid, you know, you see that kind of stuff. And I remember myself Mm -hmm. when I first started hunting and you think about like, man, we're going to go out, we're going to be shooting. Like, cause we, we were shotgun hunting Mm -hmm. birds or whatever the case may be. Man, we're going to do so much shooting today. I'm going to come home with a sore arm, you know, whatever. And we come home and we might've shot twice. Right. And it was like, (laughs) what? I had, I had, I brought four yeah. boxes of shells and I put two <laughs> shells through this gun like and then you start learning as you get older like yes this is how it works like we're gonna yeah. go out deer hunting you should probably only put one round through that gun in a whole season exactly you know you're exactly and that's, right and that's that you know all the preparation for yeah. that my dad had a great saying when we were when we were growing up and first hunting he's like you're gonna work this entire weekend for one shot and it happens in a split second mm-hmm. so be ready yeah. Oh, now think about that. That's a little you know? scary. Yeah, that's kind of intimidating too, but it's like just be ready. Like enjoy your snacks and stuff, but have your eyes out, your ears up, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. So like there's a, a responsibility there to the animal that, once again, hunters have that I don't feel most people uh, understand or even get. But once you get involved and you meet some good good old boys, some good hunters, you know, you will see that firsthand. 100%. So, yeah. 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 Cool. Good Sweet. topic. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I wanted to say closing out, we had on on the previous week's episode, we talked about doing the reviews mm-hmm. and the, um, um, what do you call it? Like the stars, the, the ratings. ratings. Yes. Yeah, those Some kinds of Google things. Google reviews and things of that nature. Yeah. So we yeah. offered up uh, 
we're going to send out t-shirts, everyone that does reviews. And we've got a number of them. It's been super cool to see. It's great to hear what, um, what the folks have to say. Uh, do you have, do you have the one, that one that you got that you text Andy and I? There's a couple of them that I just kind of Oh, yeah, right to. there. Right there. Yeah. Which I one? Mean, I have both of them. I have a couple right here. We got here. that, yes. Well, no, these aren't the reviews, but we had gotten, you had gotten text, you had, you had one that you text Andy and I. Um, that was super interesting. Oh. But I don't know. Maybe you have it, maybe you don't. But uh, just a few of them, just to kind of go down the, the, um, some shout the outs list here. here. Yeah, okay. what some of the yeah. folks are saying, you know, so... One of the most recent, um, and and this is on Apple Podcasts, so that's where you're going to get your review. That's where you're going to do mm-hmm. the reviews, okay. I guess, as far as all the podcasts go. You can do the ratings on a bunch of different ones, which um, is awesome. But off of Apple, uh, let's see here. This is a great podcast. I really love the variety of topics average people can relate to. Also love the references to Nebraska things. They've also <laughs> done a great job of maintaining a consistent release schedule, which, yeah, we definitely try to stay on top of that, so that's been cool. Um, a couple others here, check this podcast out, really enjoyed it. And the different perspectives on the subject matter were a fresh pace, um, had one on here that was kind of funny. Must've been somebody that knew Morgan back in the day and commented <laughs> about, uh, she has a wildcat, <laughs> which I would like to know who it is going to elementary school. And, and she's like, oh man, this is so great. And a great family and great podcast. Um, that's cool. Great loving family, farm focused for life. Keep up the great work. So it's it's cool yeah. to see that stuff. You know, it kinda it, it makes you feel good about what we're doing. We're putting a lot of yeah, time and yeah. effort in it. So definitely. So and you did the free t shirt thing. Yep. For this hunting one, I want to double down on that. Cool. Yeah. And it's kind of a remember we did that blaze orange hunting vest where you could yes. you could buy mm-hmm. it personalized yep. with a your and it was kind of a father it's kinda of geared for father son. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. Yep. And uh you could personalize it and put his name on the back of it, yep. right? Yep. Well, let's just do this, buy one, get one free. So if you buy your son a hunting vest, and it doesn't have to be personalized, mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and throw yours in for free. Nice. I think that's a good yep. deal. So click yep. the tab that says mm-hmm. Chase in the Dream. Mm-hmm. So you go to the farm, farm Focused website, yep. farmfocused, F-O-C-U-S-E-D.com. Mm-hmm. You'll see all the brands. You can click on the Chasing the Dream brand, CTD. There you go. You'll find the vest and hat combo. Which yep. was a super cool thing that you guys came up with last year mm-hmm. to get kids some some great gear, yeah. uh, you know, to to go bird hunting in, or you could use it for deer, and it was whatever affordable. The case may be. And then they also got to, and they kind of personalized it. It was yeah. theirs. They it was like a football jersey Customized. with their name on the back. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, and that I think that really adds something to it. You yeah, know, doesn't that sure. make it more fun yep. for yep. for a young kid? Yep. So so you, give us a review. There you go. Um, once you complete the review, shoot us an email. Ben at farmfocused, F-O-C-U-S-E-D dot com. Let us know you completed the review. You got the, uh, purchase the vest. You got the vest coming your way. A, um, and they can leave a note, right, when they just, one. when they buy the vest. Totally note, could. Like, yep. hey, yep. we like the podcast. I'm going to, you know, going to take my son out or my daughter out to do this, do that. Absolutely. Yep. I think that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, so yep. you Let's get do it. a vest and a common folk podcast team. We kind of yeah. lucked out, and we were able to, uh, in the craziness of all the fallout, of the shortages, we we're able to buy a couple of big boxes of those really nice vests. Yeah, we've got a lot of that stuff ready. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's all good. Yeah, so if you go, if you order that item, mm-hmm. like you said at checkout, you can put in a note. Yep. 
hey, I, I like the podcast, reviewed you guys, thank you so much, whatever the case may be. Yep. Boom, you got another one coming and Bla- a T-shirt. Blaze orange vest that also has the back in it to, to hold pheasants. Yep. So it's good for deer hunting. It's good for pheasant hunting. I uh, got multiple sizes on hand. So, yeah, get after it. I, I, I just thought of this, so I'm kind of going off the cuff here. Yeah. Uh, I like it. You know, but I like it. Yeah, let's let's do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about it. Let's be about it. Let's get some people involved here. Right. No, I found that review, or that we we're um, you were talking about Ben. Yeah. What someone was saying that they really liked the Round the Bend episode. If you guys haven't listened to it, it inspired her and her husband to at, maybe at some point to work together um, in business because we had a couple on and um, she really enjoyed listening to that episode and it was inspiring so i just thought that's kind of fun yeah the around around the bend episode the bend. yeah it was yeah. fun yeah, because Husband they work together, together. We you work guys together. work together yeah, yeah. 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 and i don't want to go off a tangent because we want to sign off here yeah but i mean whether it's commercials movies tv shows they pin the husband and wife against each other mm-hmm. all the freaking time that's so true and if you can just get away from that and actually peel it back and be like we're actually a team here Okay, and you guys take it to another level where you've d- developed this tremendous business, this podcast, farm focused. Um, and if you really want to have a successful, fulfilling, happy freaking life, you probably should work with your wife. You should probably like her. You know, <laughs> you know, th- these are just little basic things I've come up with. <laughs> There's definitely something to you. Better you better yeah. make sure you like each other. I mean, for no other uh, purpose or reason, <laughs> that's what I think is most endearing about uh, the Round the Bend uh, episode and a couple others we've had on where yeah. husband and wife work together. It's mm-hmm. like, so true. You know, this yeah. this is what it's about. Yeah. And I think we're going to have another one of those coming up pretty soon where we're talking a little bit about small business and working on All your right. own and how to put that together. So that'll nice. be that'll be fun as well. But uh, you guys okay. got anything else? Nope, that's I it. I don't. I've, cool. I've uh, thrown a few points in there. So <laughs> Hopefully people are fired up for deer season, man. I, I think I'm more fired up this year than I ever have been because I can't wait to see what happens. Let's I'm go. Excited. Then we can I am report too for on you guys. Yeah. I am too. Like we've. You guys are set up in a good spot here. Well, we have good mentors. (laughs) You and Ashley, let's do it. All right. All right, cool. We're closing out. Peace. Later.